Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Do whatever you can to help them to know Jesus. Go clean the bathrooms. Stock the shelves. Walk up to Miss Claire and say, Miss Claire, do you need help? Whatever. I'll sweep the floor. Whatever. I'll sweep the floor and people are not here. Give me a key. Give me a coat. I'll come in here and I'll do it. What a witness and a testimony. I don't even know if he's in here now. Great is your reward in heaven. Ah, That's one thing to talk about. Another thing to do something about it. All right. Look at verse 4 and 5. Samuel thought Eli was calling him, and Samuel would run and say, Eli, here am I. Listen, there were others in the Bible that God called, and they said, here am I. Write this down, Genesis 22, 1. Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Genesis 46, 2. Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here I am. Exodus 3, 4. Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Isaiah 6, 8. God said, what shall I send? Who shall I send? And he said, what? Here am I, send me. Acts 9, 10, God spoke to Annas, and he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. Tone is everything. You know, I believe when God called Samuel, it wasn't like, Samuel, an earthquake, and the temple shook. Could have been like, but I don't think so. Like when God called Abraham, uh, Adam, 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 where are you? They said, Adam, where you at? <laughs> or, Adam, where are you? David called Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth thought he was going to, y'all like Mephibosheth who? Mephibosheth. <laughs> Y'all thought I was speaking in tongues, didn't you? No, I'm not speaking that. I'm not speaking that. I don't have that gift. And uh, Mephibosheth, and um, he was in, uh, Jonathan's son, and uh, Jonathan died, and David and Jonathan made a pact with each other. They would take care of each other's family should something happen to the other. And then Jonathan died, and David called for Mephibosheth to want to bless him. And I'm sure when uh, David found Mephibosheth in Lodabar, in Lodabar. And I'm sure that when, when, when they told Mephibosheth, King David wants to see you, he probably thought, oh man, is my will in place? He probably, and then he comes in, he sees King David, he probably backs in, teeth chattering, knees knocking, palms sweating, and he hears a tender voice of David, Mephibosheth. I don't think David said, Mephibosheth. 
I can't get mad. I'm trying to like get stern. I can't. <laughs> but finish it. It's still not working. <laughs> I don't think it was like that. I think when God called Samuel, I think it was like Samuel. Samuel. Soft, gentle, small, tender voice. God spoke to Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. He said on the screen, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what saints? A still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and he went out and he stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? God speaks in a still small voice, Samuel, Samuel. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Habakkuk or Habakkuk 2.20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Now we see this word arose in verse 6. Please look at it. And also in verse 8, we see the word arose. When God speaks to you in the middle of the night, arise, get up and listen. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken to me in the middle of the night. And sometimes God wants you to get out of that bed, walk down those steps and bury your face and your hands in a sofa and say, here am I, speak to me. Sometimes if you really want to hear God, you got to arise. But even before that, you got to be listening. People aren't listening. Does anyone listen anymore? The story is told of Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House. And he complained that no one really paid any attention to what he said. So one day during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who came down the line and shook his hand, he murmured, I murdered my mother-in-law this morning. (laughs) Well, the guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work. We're proud of you. God bless you, sir. It was not till the end of the line while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia that his words were actually heard and unruffled. The ambassador leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) The Lord in verse eight. And nine, the Lord called and said, Samuel again, and he goes to Eli, here am I. I know you called me. Eli says, Samuel, that's Jehovah talking to you, son. Go lie down, and if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In verse nine, Samuel lays back down and probably harder to go back to sleep this time. Look at verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood. Are you looking at verse 10? The Lord came and stood and called at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning the house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile. 
and did not restrain them, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offerings forever. And so, let me read the rest and I'm going to take care of this. So Samuel lay down till morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please don't hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. And then Samuel told him everything and he had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew in the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. And then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. We'll go there when we go to Israel in 2013. I'll try to make sure we go there. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So verse 10. Sure enough, the Lord appeared again. This time the Lord stood, look at verse 10, stood and called Samuel, Samuel, speak for your servant hears. Notice this time, Samuel, Samuel. It seems Samuel got nervous and he said, speak for your servant hears. Notice he didn't say speak what? Lord. He said, speak for your servant hears. Verse 11. Then God spoke and said, I will do something in Israel at which both fascinating, at which both ears of everyone will tingle. Write this down. Second Kings 21, 21, Jeremiah 19, 3 talks about catastrophe and calamity coming on Israel. Everybody's ears are going to tingle. Catastrophe and calamity coming on Israel and everybody's ears are going to tingle. So the tingling ear speaks of judgment. Both ears tingling is shocking judgment. Notice Samuel says, speak, Lord. Here's why your servant hears. Question. When you come to church, are you saying, speak, Lord? When you come to women's Bible study, men's Bible study, youth group, credo, small group, are we saying, speak, Lord? Or are we just here? I mean, really, even tonight, did you come into the sanctuary and say, speak, Lord? Why did you come tonight? Did you come saying, Lord, I need to hear a word? This is the one singular reason to come to church. And if you do not come to church because you really want God to speak to you, then why are you coming to church? I'm not trying to send you away, but I'd be wrong to tell you anything different. The only reason to come to church is because you speak, Lord. I need to hear a word from God. You don't come to church because you're trying to learn a new worship song. Come to church because you didn't have anything else to do. You come to church because, you know, just come and see what's going on on Wednesday night. No. You come to church 
to hear from God. Are you listening? You don't come to church to critique church. I know there's nobody in this room for that. I'm, I'm just talking. You don't come to church to critique church. Oh, I, I'm, I, I, let me check this place out to see what's going on up in here. You don't come to church for that reason. Don't do that. Because you're coming for the wrong reason. You're probably going to miss something very important that God has to say to you. You can be sitting right in the sanctuary and miss the word of the Lord. Why do you come? Are you saying, speak, Lord? Do you come with your neck stretched out? Like, God, what do you want to say? I'm really listening. What do you want to say? That's the only reason to come to church. I just got to hear a word from God. I, I need a word from God. Encourage my heart. Encourage my spirit. My wife just left me. My husband doesn't like me. Um, you know, I've got problems at home. The kids are nuts. The kids are nuts. The kids are nuts. I need a word from God. That's why you come to church. Speak, Lord. Go ahead and say that. Say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. That's why you come to church. Expecting a word from God. And if you come expecting God to speak, he will. Speak, Lord, for your servant. Everything hinges right there. Your servant hears. When the Bible says you're a servant, it doesn't just mean that you're listening. It means that you're leaning forward and listening to obey. We have to be careful that we're not just running and seeking the Lord and not slowing down to hear what God has to say. You can get caught up in ministry and that ministry becomes the enemy keeping you from seeking the Lord. I've seen it thousands of times where the ministry becomes the enemy. Did you hear me? Keeping you from seeking the Lord. You can be coming to church, but doing the ministry and not hearing from God. I've seen more people fall because of that. So their ministry became their enemy. That's why when you're in ministry, you had best be sure to be. Do what you got to do to get that word. Amen. Am I right about it? You do what you got to do to get that word. If you got to come to church Saturday night and Sunday, you do it. There's no reason not to get the word here. We got four services. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm killing myself. <laughs> For you, people. <laughs> no, I'm kidding you, but I, I really mean that there's no reason for you to not get the word. Don't let the ministry become your enemy because you will become disqualified. Because you're not hearing the word. You're not able to have a moment to soak up the word. Very few people can handle the ministry. Very few. And the higher levels of ministry you go, if you will, the worse it is. Do you get to be the senior pastor? Who teaches me? When do I sit down and get fed the word? In this building? Never. And when I travel? Never. 
I'm always against speaker. <laughs> Who's speaking to me? God. There you go. So I'm, I'm in my... So I'm in my office and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm telling you before I preach a sermon, I'm blessed myself. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm telling you, keeping it real. I better. This word better become real to me before I come out here and try to make it real to you. God is more interested in the servant than the service. Am I right about it? We got to be careful not to allow the thing that we do for the Lord to become idolatry. Verse 13, God said, I will judge his house forever for the sin which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them, Eli. The Hebrew reads because he did not frown upon them. Verse 14 says, God says to Samuel concerning Eli, judgment is coming on Hophni and Phinehas, and Eli dies. In chapter 4, Hophni and Phinehas are taken captive by the Philistines. We'll see it next time. Um, Hophni and Phinehas are taken captive by the Philistines. The ark of God was taken, and the people of God are slaughtered. When Eli heard it, he fell backward off his seat and broke his neck and died because he was old, of old age and overweight. In verse 15 through 21, Samuel laid there until morning, and I don't think he went back to sleep thinking about what God just told him. And one of his jobs in the temple was to open the doors of the tabernacle. I like that because God speaks directly to Samuel. Samuel could have become puffed up and arrogant and said, hey, you know, God just spoke to me. Hey, I'm all that now. God spoke to me. No, he wakes up in the morning and does what he always does. He could have been thinking, God spoke to me last night, time to move on to bigger and better things. Someone else come do the opening door job. Time for me to take the pulpit. Time to be a bishop. Because that's how we... <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go from, I just became a Christian to a time to be a bishop. <laughs> It's like, whoa, slow down, partner. You just became a Christian last week. Now you're a bishop. Okay. Samuel. Samuel wakes up in the morning doing his normal duties. That's what I really like. I like the simple stuff. Doing his normal duties, no doubt. Eli hears the doors opening. He says, hey, Sammy, you awake? He says, yeah, just open the doors. Hey, what did God talk to you about last night? Come on, tell me. Eli says, listen, if you keep it from me, then God do so to you and more. Are y'all getting this? Eli says, Samuel, if you don't tell me everything that God said, I hope that God doubles whatever he said to you. And Samuel's like, uh, Eli, don't say that. You don't want to know. In verse 18, Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him, which was probably hard for Samuel. Eli said, is the Lord. I know it, I know it, it's the Lord. And the reason he knew it was the Lord because the unknown prophet had already prophesied in the previous chapter. Now this is interesting because the first words of Samuel's prophetic ministry, and I'm coming in for it, Landy. The first words of Samuel's prophetic ministry is a message of judgment. Any preacher, listen to me close. Any preacher preaching, speaking the truth of God's word will be unpopular and lonely in the ministry. 
At the same time, the servant of the Lord, listen, I'm talking to somebody here. The servant of the Lord cannot hold back from declaring the truth of God's word. Jeremiah, wait while you clap your hands here. Jeremiah 6, 14. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Ezekiel 13, 10, because indeed, because they have seduced my people, saying, peace, where there is no peace. Somebody always telling you, peace, peace, peace. Happy, happy, happy. Feel good message, feel good message, after feel good message, after feel good, year after year, month after month, week after week. Be afraid. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't want, again, a pastoral Eeyore. We talked about this on Sunday. You're like, oh, we doom and gloom. We're all going to die and go to hell, all you sinners. I mean, you got that end of the spectrum, too. I, I got you. And nobody wants that every single week. But if a pre- just teach the word, simply teach the word, and God keeps it all balanced, right? But, 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 but a preacher always, this is how you get, listen, simple as this. This is how you get a seeker church. Happy, happy, happy. We're all happy. Live your best life. Right? Spurgeon said this. I got to come in. Spurgeon said this. I cannot bear to be cast away from every, forever from the presence of God. Yet this woe will be unto me if I preach not the gospel and do not declare the whole counsel of God. The result of sin and unbelief in others will fall on us if we do not warn them. Oh, sirs, if we are unfaithful, God will deal with us at that day of judgment as he will deal with the wicked. This is an awful outlook for us. May we never dare to tone down the more severe parts of the story and flatter men in their sins. For if we do this, God will mete out to us a portion with the condemned. In our culture, if you say, I believe what the Bible says about morality, abortion, marriage, sexual sin, drug addiction, drugs. If you stand up and you tell it the way God tells it to you. If you say, speak, Lord, your servant hears and then be faithful to every word it's going to be difficult, painful and unpopular. That's not what people want to hear. They have itching ears nowadays. If you're going to stick to God's word, there's a cost. And I pray that we're the kind of church that's willing to pay the cost. We don't want to be seeker. Somebody say amen. amen. Because that's exactly what you'll become if you start compromising the word of God. The Bible says in verses 19 through 21 that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And maybe nobody else in Israel was with him, but the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him means the Lord was continually with him. There's nothing better to know than that God is with you. And in verse 20, all Israel knew that Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. Now the priesthood had become defiled. The priesthood was using the Urim and the Thuman to determine God's will. But now the prophetic ministry is arising and Samuel will be the beginning of this long line of prophets. Samuel begins a prophetic ministry and established his ministry from Dan to Beersheba. Everyone knew Samuel was a prophet. Dan to Beersheba is like saying north northernmost Israel 
to southernmost Israel. Like saying from New York to California, God revealed himself to Samuel by the word of the Lord, which is the primary way that God reveals himself by the word of the Lord. When you pick up your Bible and say, God, here I am, speak to me. When he shows you the way, walk in it. When he shows you his will, do it. And when he shows you his word, speak it. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for your great love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That would be me. That would be you. We thank you today that you've encouraged our hearts and even challenged our hearts, Lord, to come to church to hear the word. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.